and I, we're talking about scriptures. We're reading scriptures today because we are believers. But this series is about trying to reach seekers and skeptics and bring them into a knowledge of the gospel. And my big thing is it's really hard to do that if you try to start in the Bible. So if someone's like, why do people do bad things? And we respond with, well, Adam and Eve, that's not the right. You know, we have to start with this world is broken. And all you have to do is look at the news to see that that's true and like stay in a place where they can really relate and working our way into God, Jesus, the resurrection. Welcome back to Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in church and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our discussion on apologetics and expanding our evangelism toolkit with help from Holly's book, Searching for God. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn about the guests in the series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. Now let's begin today's study. We'll start with introductions and then we'll... So I'm Holly. I'm the founder and one of the teachers here at Study With Friends. I did write the book we're talking about. Married, two kids, one of them questionable to my left. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> a good start. Yeah. Lobbing to you, um, the questionable child. I am Sophia. I am a questionable child. I am a college student. I'm Lane. Um, I'm also a college student. I'm very good friends with Sophia. I'm Kathy. I am the furthest from a college student. <laughs> I'm a grown woman, married 20 years, three kids. Let's open in prayer, and then we'll talk about today's subject. God, thank you for the time you've given us today. We ask you to bless it for your glory and for the good of us and those who participate. We ask that you would reveal yourself to us in new and fresh ways, uh, that you would show us who you are, what you would have us to understand from our time with you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so continuing the series called Searching for God, using a book called Searching for God, uh, which is a really a Bible study and a video series to get the fullest expression of it. Uh, it's good to do both. And we're pretty far down the road uh, with the, this subject matter. And uh, so today I want to talk to you guys about the resurrection first. Um, and then we're going to kind of talk about how it all ties together with um, what we've done so far. So we're going to do sort of a drive-by review, which I think will be good because you guys weren't here for the first several episodes, and I think that'll be nice to get your perspective to have some fresh legs on it. Um, so just a quick note, each of the episodes um, that we've done so far have been intentionally designed in the way that I recommend and I think is a really interesting and probably useful way to work apologetics. What, what are apologetics? They're just really ways that we defend our faith. What we've done so far is we've kind of worked th from the big down to the narrow. So we started with some big ideas, um, big competing ideas, common competing ideas, and we're working our way through them in a way that actually is probably useful as you work through them with seekers and skeptics. Um, so if you haven't seen the episodes, go back and watch them uh, or listen to them and uh, get that flow. We're going to, like I said, we're going to do a drive-by review of all of them as, 
as they relate to the resurrection, because today we're talking about the resurrection, but I just wanted to give that overview. So um, I want to talk to you guys about um, what makes Christianity unique. And I just want to throw that question out there. I've determined that I'm not going to be talking the majority of the time like I sometimes am because it's time for you guys to give me some feedback. So just top of the top of the dome. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be like deep. Honestly, it just tell me your knee jerk on what you think makes Christianity unique among any other uh, competing philosophies. Anybody. The only thing I thought of when you said that is like the it's a relationship, not a religion. And then though it's like cringe, but <laughs> it's like kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> How do you mean? I'm thinking about the fact that God calls us to be in constant relationship with him instead of like do this and this and you will go to heaven. Checklist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about how Christianity is unique in the sense that it demands like I guess like singular, like it's that's the only thing that you could like the one truth. Like other religions are kind of like compatible with other things maybe, especially in like ancient times and like pagan religions. It was more like you can like pick and choose because there's also like many gods and there's many different ways that you can like kind of like live that way. But like Christianity is like, no, like this is like the only thing Mm -hmm. that is the truth. How do you think that lands when you try to share that with people? People get pretty like defensive about that because people don't especially now in our culture don't believe in um like a single absolute truth it's very relative like relative and but i just think that that's so like like that crumbles under inspection it does you're right like we're talking about that (laughs) (laughs) there's gotta be there's gotta be something that's true or something that's not like that's how everything else in our world works even down to like math and stuff like mm-hmm. it's either right or it's wrong i love how lane always brings i was gonna say math. how long is it gonna take <laughs> <laughs> lane loves math <laughs> so you think that christianity is unique in that it is loudly exclusive yes and unapologetically exclusive like this yeah. is the truth I think you're right that it lands hard, not soft, on our culture. But uh, I'm puzzled by that because I feel like, isn't that comforting? Mm -hmm. Like, there's truth. Isn't that a good thing? Aren't you glad there's something you can depend on? Thoughts on what makes Christianity unique? So this is a tough one because I, uh, as I've said on so many recordings, I was atheist before that. So I wasn't really introduced to any religion growing up. And since I've been Christian, I haven't really dived into other religions. So I have briefly looked over things just to say, because I'm curious Mm -hmm. and I do want to make sure that what's true is truth, right? So I I do read some things, but not overly in depth. So for me, I definitely would say it was my perspective. And my perspective is when I read the Bible, totally makes sense with every experience I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. So I can look at any experience that I have had and that I see other people having and I say that stands up to biblical truth so it's a personal perspective and for me there's comfort in that because there is a personal perspective that says it all lines up and it completely makes sense because I have studied scripture to a point that I feel very very comfortable and confident in it but not others so I don't necessarily say that this is uniquely different because I am not well versed in others but I can say for me this is truth. Mm-hmm. So that idea of truth and that comfort in truth, everything in here makes sense. Mm-hmm. Some of it I don't like. So 
even if it butts up against things that I'm not completely comfortable with. Because some of those things of truth are very hard to live with. Actually, I think one of the one of the things that I've always found interesting and somewhat unique about Christianity, just playing off what you just mm-hmm. said, is um, it doesn't sugarcoat it. Like it doesn't. It's not um, a softball self improvement mm-hmm. plan. It's going to hit you hard, and um, it does lean into sin. That like that is real. And I think um, that's somewhat unique because I think other competing ideas are more comfortable because they allow for a lot more flexibility in your morality and your ethics and your uh, views on God, like you said. Um, And so interestingly, I think that is actually one way that Christianity is somewhat unique is that it, um, it will point out to you on the regular that you are a sinful person, mm-hmm. that you are broken, and yet it survives and is embraced. And I think there's truth to credit for that, you know. So, in a few episodes, I think we're going to do um, a quick review of uh, a, um, a like a tool called the three circles for talking about the gospel. And you know, the first thing you talk about is sin, and so. That's somewhat unique, you know, about Christianity that it's like, hey, no, Mm -hmm. you're not a good enough person, you know, where other other ideas or philosophies might be like, I'm a I I haven't murdered anyone. I'm a good enough person, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So I think there's some uniqueness there, too. Um, Truly, what makes Christianity Christianity unique is the resurrection. And I'm going to I'm going to start with you reading that scripture that I assigned you. Um, and then we're going to talk about, hopefully we'll, we'll have some time to talk about the resurrection. And then I want to talk about what people object to. Go ahead. Okay. This is first Corinthians 15, 13 verses 13 and 14. Um, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Amen. Can you say the verse again? It's 1 Corinthians 15, verses 13 and 14. Thank you. It's one of my favorite verses because it does really boil it down. It's like, really, um, God revealed himself in Jesus. I mean, that is the uniqueness of Christianity. And then Jesus ratified everything he did, everything he said, and everything he was by raising himself from the dead. And by doing that, he also ratified everything that was prophesied about him in the Old Testament. And so without the resurrection, that's the domino that that proves truth uh, throughout the rest of Scripture. Um, And so, you know, that's Paul talking to one of his churches saying, you know, this is the core thing, guys. You know, if if the resurrection wasn't true, this is all just fluff. We're just messing around. Um, how often do you think about that? Do you think about that? Do you do you agree that it all hinges on that? Talk to me about your 
perspective on the importance of the resurrection. I feel like we've had this conversation of apologetics where it's like, just follow down this road with me. Assume this is true. It all makes sense now. Like, yeah. and then proving it's true. So yeah, I think assuming the resurrection is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, and then there's like, okay, now let's actually get down to what we can call concrete proof that this is true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're probably going to talk about it. We actually talked about it last episode. Perfect. The minimal facts theory. Perfect. You're talking about like the resurrection is the only thing yeah. that's that makes sense for all the facts that everybody agrees yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about this recently? No, but I love that you remember it pretty we well. We really did talk about it. Um, that makes me feel like I did my job as your mom. Okay. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Just starting with the resurrection yeah. and saying. Just assume it's true. Okay, now look. What does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you think it's important? Yeah. Can I you game it so. out? Can, <laughs> <laughs> can you game it out for me what you just said? Because I really like that. What we've talked about so far is leading people from outside the Bible the whole series has been talking about leading people from outside the Bible, not trying to wrestle them into, like, you and I, we're talking about scriptures. We're, we're reading scriptures today because we are believers. But this series is about trying to reach seekers and skeptics and bring them into a knowledge of the gospel. And my big thing is it's really hard to do that if you try to start in the Bible. Mm-hmm. For, so if someone's like, well, why, you know, you know, why do people do bad things? And we respond with, well, Adam and Eve, that's not the right, you know, we have to start with this world is broken. And all you have to do is look at the news to see that that's true and like stay in a place where they can really relate. But what you're talking and and working our way into God, Jesus, the resurrection, all as proof of what we're talking about it here. You're talking about something different, which is equally valid, which is, Starting with, okay, let's just say you don't believe in any of it, but just for a second, Mm -hmm. let's assume that the resurrection is true. What are the dominoes that fall behind that? Mm -hmm. So game that out. Like if you were having a conversation with someone who was like, well, I just don't believe in any of it. And you took the approach of, let's assume this is true. I don't think I know how it would game out. I feel like that's what I thought we were going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think we've talked about like, like as you said, like the facts that everyone agrees on. The only thing that makes them all valid satisfies them. Yeah, mm-hmm. is the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? And I don't remember what those facts are. So yeah, I'm gonna read them because you do a good job. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no, you. <laughs> <laughs> the facts that we cover in the book are. That Jesus died by crucifixion. That's definitely historically provable. No, there's no question about that. Um, the fact, the second fact is that 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 the disciples believed he appeared to them, clarifying it's not a fact that he appeared to them, but it is a fact that they believed he did. Uh, that also he appeared to foes, being people who would not have been on board and who were converted. And there's something to be learned from that that they must have had an experience with the risen christ to radically change their whole life direction and the their the empty tomb is a fact that the tomb was empty mm-hmm. um and we again we we went through this in greater detail in previous episode 
go back and take a look at it. But what you're referring to is when we look at what we call the minimal facts, and by the way, you're right, some people collect seven minimal facts, but I used four because I felt like go with the minimum mm -hmm. that everyone agrees on. Um, and what you're saying is then there's like the swoon theory. Well, he wasn't really dead on the cross. He just passed out and then he woke back up. But that doesn't satisfy that he died on the mm -hmm. cross, which he definitely did. Um, the hallucination theory where people think um, he, they saw him, but he didn't. they didn't see him. And that's been debunked by secular psychologists who say mass hallucination is just not a thing. You can't have everybody hallucinate the same thing at the same time. Uh, the legend theory, which is he was um, a man, but legends developed about the resurrection to convert people to Christianity. Um, that doesn't satisfy several things, meaning um, if the disciples wouldn't have died mm -hmm. believing that he died, that he appeared to them in the resurrected form, like that he, this was real. They wouldn't have been killed over it if they knew it was a lie. Um, certainly he wouldn't have appeared to foes because if it was a legend, people who were in standing in conflict to that wouldn't have bought in. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll breeze through these. The myth me being that Jesus actually never lived and people made him up. That's not very common. And the last one being that Jesus did, in fact, raise from the dead. And that's the only theory that satisfies all the facts that we, we know, secular and faith-based scholars, accept these facts. And so that's what you're referring to. Yeah, and I just give it, gave it a quick review. So finish what you were saying. I think I was saying that it has to be important because... The facts say this is the only thing that could have happened. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. So you, you think that's useful as a way to help people understand from outside the Bible. Like, okay, we believe it. The Bible says it. But it's provable. Yeah. The resurrection is provable. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, too. Like, it's historically provable. It's um, if you really dig into it, you're going to find that. The resurrection happened. Mm -hmm. And people can ignore that. People can push it to the side because they don't want to deal with what it means in their lives. But if you really dig into it, there's no question that it happened. Yeah. And that's why there are competing theories like, oh, maybe he wasn't really dead or maybe he wasn't whatever. Uh, because it happened. The tomb was empty. Um, and, and one of the things we said in the previous episode is there are no early writings that are apologetics for the empty tomb, meaning um, there are no people in, in the earliest writings who said the tomb wasn't empty. Mm -hmm. Nobody said that because everybody knew it was. So it was really about explaining why it was empty and trying to figure out what happened there. Um, and, you know, some people like the disciples took the body, which obviously couldn't have happened because the Roman guards were on penalty of death guarding that. Like the fact that Jesus got out, I'm sure those dudes are dead <laughs> because of that. Well, they're dead anyway. <laughs> yeah. They're probably, probably true. They're probably dead. <laughs> they're probably <laughs> dead. They <laughs> are. Uh, but you see what I mean? Like they, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, 
This conversation. An infraction punishable by death. This conversation is reminding me of that. I don't know if you thought about this. <laughs> that thing we had to watch. Um, Lee Strobel. Oh, case for like Christ. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he was Did actually part of this project. Theater? Did we watch that in theaters in middle school? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Yeah. Well, that's all the same stuff. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he was part of this project. Okay. Um, he's flex. he's a really well-known um apolog- apologist in the U.S. right now, and he he does a good job. I think people who he are convinced me when I was in the eighth grade. Good. I was convinced. <laughs> Okay, I think <laughs> people who are good at apologetics are simply good at, it's like people who are good at teaching. They're just good at taking the truth and making it understandable, mm. articulating it in a way. And that's really the purpose of this series, to try to make it just more, more of an everyday conversation, more comfortable, more at the tip of our tongue, and more available to us in, in interactions that we have with friends and family. So uh, that's the idea. Good book, Case for Christ, Lee Strobel. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I remember there's <laughs> with like the red line, lo- like the red <laughs> like yeah. string. He He's was like trying to figure <laughs> things out, yeah. <laughs> the classic uh, idea board. How about you? I think that I, like I always knew that like Christianity like hinged on the resurrection, but I never really thought, like why as much until so like when I became a leader like at my church that was like something that I had to like explain to them and I was just like (laughs) I don't really know so then I had to like really think about it and the reason why it is like central to the gospel is because like what we were talking about before about how like if Jesus did not rise from the dead then everything that he said also wasn't true Mm. well like not that it wasn't true but you couldn't like guarantee it to be true Mm. because if he was lying about this like really big thing then like why would anything else he said be true Mm. and in romans it says that like that was like him proving to be the son of god because he like defeated death and he said that that would make him the son of god like if that just shows that like because he has power over that yeah and that is like and there are, like, debates in secular um, arenas about whether or not Jesus himself even, like, claimed to be son of God, um, which he did, but that's, like, a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, so, like, in Romans, that's Paul, not Jesus speaking. Mm-hmm. But it says that, like, he, him raising from the dead proves that he's the son of God. So if that didn't happen, then yeah. he's not the son of God. And then what is he? He's just, like, some guy? Like, I don't know who said, like. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's exactly that's exactly the point. Um, that it all builds on the truth of the resurrection. And it's interesting what you said because, and, uh, and you have a very different experience, but people who were raised in the church, there's so much that's just baked in mm-hmm. that we don't give a lot of thought to. And even those of us who are mature in our faith, we, it's so assumptive. That when someone comes to us and says, well, you know, or when we when we see an opening in a, in a conversation or a relationship to present it, if we don't have sort of that mindset of like, how do I build this case for Christ? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> if we aren't sort of ready for that with the key points, 
then we're going to end up just feeling angry at ourselves and regret that we let an opportunity go go by. And like I always say, don't don't be too hard on yourself because God is God and he's going to get his will done. But it is a blessing to be used by him in that way. This program is produced by Study With Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.